Welcome to the Interculturally of Council podcast. My name is Jerry Weber, and I'm your host. The aim of this podcast is to raise the awareness of legal professionals of the need for intercultural competence in their daily practice. Regardless of whether one works in a law firm, for a government agency, in a company, or as a sole practitioner, the globalized world in which we live requires us to interact with clients, colleagues, companies, and government entities from other cultures. An awareness of our own cultural imprint, along with the ability to recognize the cultural patterns of others, can go a long way to improving how we work together. I will be interviewing experienced legal professionals working in different capacities around the world to learn what tips they can give practitioners for improving how they work and communicate with other cultures in the legal context. Episode 12. Today's guest on the podcast is Mehmet Gulaman. Mehmet is a principal in his law firm, Gulaman Law Office, which is based in Ankara, Turkey. His work focuses primarily on commercial law. He advises companies on business issues and represents them in commercial litigation. Mehmet also is a certified mediator. He studied law in Turkey and completed an LLM program on European law in the Netherlands. During our interview, Mehmet shares his observations about the influences of Eastern and Western cultures on Turkey's culture, how the lack of social consensus in Turkey impacts citizens' views of rules, laws, and their application, and the challenges that non-Turkish clients face when first doing business in the country. He also talks about the introduction of mediation in Turkey. While a mediation law has been in effect since 2013, cultural hurdles remain to convincing the local population to consider mediation for dispute resolution. At the end of our discussion, Mehmet gives us some tips about working and interacting with clients and colleagues from Turkey. I hope you enjoy our discussion. Good morning. I'm happy to welcome Mehmet Gulerman, who's speaking with me this morning. Uh, good morning, Mr. Gulerman. How are you today? Good morning. I'm I'm quite fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm I'm well. Let me ask you first. Um, where are you sitting as we speak this morning? Uh, sorry. Where are you? Where, where are am you? I? Yeah. Where can you tell us the listeners where where are you right now in the world? I I'm at home uh, in Ankara, Turkey. Uh, that's where I'm talking to you from. Okay. Thank you. Um, let me begin with my. First question, which is when, what would you consider your home culture to be? And what I mean by that is, what's the culture that really affects how you see the world? Um, well, uh, of course, I mean, uh, we are all affected by the culture of the country we, are, we were born and raised in. Uh, for me, that being the Turkish culture. Okay. Uh, but, um, Actually, Turkey has a very mixed culture, uh, to be honest, because because of this, uh, because of its geographical position, uh, one foot in Europe, one foot in Asia. Um, we have both like uh, a touch of Eastern cultures, maybe more than Western, but still 
uh, a considerable part of Western culture. Uh, I myself was raised um, rather in a Western uh, culture, both being in capital, uh, but also because of uh, my my parents, my family's like so socioeconomic level, their education. Uh, like both my parents are university graduates, uh, and then they are they have their own office. They're financial consultants. I was always raised in like the best private schools of Ankara. Uh, so and I had uh, considerable time in abroad, both as a kid, then for higher education. Uh, therefore. I mean, I I I have uh, I I have a bit of Turkish culture in myself, like uh, both for like socially okay. interacting with people, but also with like music, food, you know, the stuff that make us who we are. Sure. But I um, I have to say, maybe for me, it's. Uh, the the Western culture has a higher uh, has a bigger uh, share in my in my overall uh, culture and way of living, uh, you know um, values, okay. uh, thoughts, uh, and and so on. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's a very good illustration. I mean, it shows the, so you know you have these very um, when we talk about our families and home and where we come from, what we like to eat. You know, these are very very strong. But then how we yeah. interact in the world, how we decide to uh, go out, how we practice our businesses, how we conduct um, mm -hmm. certain relationships. You clearly said you have a Western influence. Okay, that, that gives us yeah. a good indication. So you mentioned already you. that you spent time in other countries. Could you tell us um, maybe a little bit about where you've spent time uh, during your life and uh, something about what, what took you there? Uh, well... Until uh, I finished my bachelor's degree, uh, which was also in Ankara, uh, in Bilzant's University Faculty of Law, I haven't been uh, in abroad for more than a month. Uh, therefore, all my visits were short-term. Uh, I spent uh, many summers, like four or five summers in abroad, mainly in England. I've been to England for summer schools for uh, four times, then one in Canada. And then uh, when I finished my bachelor's degree in Ontario, I went for a master's uh, for an LLM degree to Amsterdam. Uh, I finished my uh, degree in Amsterdam Law School on EU law. And um, yes. Of course, we, uh, the times I've spent abroad um, had a lot of uh, effect on me, uh, positive effects, uh, both on my education, like my culture, my language. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I can say that it enriched me uh, in all that aspects. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that's about it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Let me then dive into that because so let's first say you you said you spent time going to summer schools, for example, in 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 England and in Canada. Yeah. Um. During yeah. that time, so you were 
studying English. Yeah. Um, what were some of the differences you perceived even in, in, a, in a younger age by doing that between your home country of Turkey and the host country where you were? Were there things that just popped out at you as being different and, and diff, you know, new and, and maybe led you to think about, wow, there's a different way of doing things? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the first maybe and the biggest difference that struck me um, both in England uh, and in Amsterdam uh, is that there are certain rules in the society. Uh, these are both written and unwritten rules uh, that people abide by it uh, for two reasons, I understand. Uh, both to avoid any uh, negative consequences of not abiding uh, by those rules, but also, uh, there is a certain understanding, uh, maybe this understanding also comes with, uh, comes in time with that uh, fear of negative consequences, uh, I can say, uh, comes all the time. But uh, in the end, there is a certain understanding, uh, a mutual, uh, uh, no, um, not mutual, but a consensus in the society that people believe, that most people believe, that following those written and unwritten rules is the benefit, is in the benefit of the whole society. Uh, I think this may be the biggest difference between Western and Eastern cultures. But in Turkey, on the other hand, we also have some written and unwritten rules, but people uh, follow them, abide by them, or not just uh, in their own discretion. You know, like okay. uh, we don't have. We unfortunately don't have that uh, consensus in the society that rules are for all of us. And uh, if everybody follows the rules, it will be uh, in the benefit of everyone. We don't have that understanding, unfortunately, not yet. Uh, that was the biggest, I mean, and you can apply this to many aspects of the society, like sure. in traffic, in, at work, well, I don't know, in social relationships, you know? Okay. And um, uh, like there is a certain discipline in that sense in the Western cultures that I have observed, mm -hmm. but uh, in Turkey we lack that. But on the other hand, um, maybe this is a consequence of this uh, difference. Uh, in Turkey, uh, people have uh, much stronger uh, social relations both like in small uh, groups like families, friends, but also in general uh, in the society, the people are much closer to each other in every sense. Uh, but in, as you go to West, uh, you uh, lose this uh, harmony, I would say, like okay. emotional harmony, uh, you understand? Yeah. People are more distant to each other, people are more turned to themselves, uh, turn to their own world, like, uh, I don't care about you and I don't need you to care about me, so just let me be and I will let <laughs> you be you. Yeah. And, uh, this think, more you individualistic know? way of, of being. As exactly, to maybe exactly, exactly. Uh, approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. that's an interesting, very interesting observation. Um, you also mentioned that, I mean, you studied, so you studied law in Ankara and then you ended up doing an LLM in Amsterdam. May I ask yeah. you about, because those were then studying law in two very different um, atmospheres, you know, maybe different approaches mm -hmm. to education. Do you have any observations about that that was 
difference or you know how how they approach studying maybe was that different in the two uh -huh. systems well uh, to be honest and i haven't really thought about it until you asked about it mm -hmm. uh, until now uh, there is not much of a difference in the way that uh, uh, they taught us law both in ankara in uh, amsterdam uh, but the, that may be because uh, my university in Ankara, we can't, uh, I, I cannot really, I wouldn't say that it's a university that reflects uh, an Eastern uh, way of doing things uh, overall. Like, okay. uh, I mean, we, we had many uh, instructors, professors coming from abroad. Also, even the Turkish ones were like worked or studied abroad. They have a certain, you know, Western uh, view of doing things. So, uh, in that regard, uh, there wasn't a big difference. But if I had, let's say, studied law in a in a different part of Anatolia, in okay. um, a in a in a city uh, that had more Eastern uh, values let's say, uh, that could have been more different. But in Amsterdam, I didn't really uh, feel much difference compared to my bachelor's degree. Okay, that's an interesting point. I, let me ask you this then. Yeah. So the, the legal studies sound like, yeah, you had a very similar experience because your university in particular seemed to have a very heavy Western influence, yeah? So that the style and the way uh -huh. of teaching probably wasn't so different. Um, but while no. you were living in Amsterdam, just on a personal level, um, and the interactions with people, classmates, was that then different at all? The you know, I, I know that you feel very, uh, from your description, very comfortable in, in Western uh, situations mm -hmm. you know, and grew up with that, mm -hmm. but did you still observe differences between how things are in your daily life in Ankara and how daily life was for you in, in Amsterdam? Uh, well, um, I... I would like to start answering this question uh, by uh, like the general differences in my interaction between uh, international people in Amsterdam and Dutch people. Okay. Uh, maybe this this uh, this may be an important point. Uh, like due to the, the nature of my studies, it was an international master's program. I had many friends uh, coming from. Um, like mostly all over Europe, but also from other parts of the world. Uh, and I had actually few Dutch friends. Okay. Um, and um, every time I interacted with Dutch people, uh, I, I sensed uh, a little discontent uh, by them. Uh, like uh, probably coming from the fact that I'm Turkish and uh, their uh, prejudices towards Turkish people based on the Turkish people re residing in Holland, you know, like the people, uh, I mean, since you live in Germany, you sure. would have a pretty good idea about what I mean here. Sure, sure. There's uh, economic refugees uh, and other people maybe who are not there. Um, there are people that are studying and doing business, and then there are other people who come there for other reasons that might not be as popular among the... Exactly, person. like sure. there are... Uh, the the people the Turkish people uh, born and raised let's say in uh, in Europe in Western Europe like in Germany in Holland 
maybe in Austria, in Switzerland, I don't know. Uh, they, uh, unfortunately, they can neither be uh, from there nor from Turkey, you know, like yeah. they, they cannot belong to either uh, place. Uh, when they come here, they're seen as an outsider. When they're there in, let's say, Holland, they're also seen as an outsider. Uh, and um, this uh, reflects to their whole behavior in the society. Therefore, uh, there's a uh, unfortunately, there's a negative attitude towards them. And when you say you're Turkish, uh, it doesn't matter what your education is, where you're coming from, what your culture is, uh, where, what kind of family you're coming from. You get affected by this prejudice, uh, unfortunately. Like, there, there is no choice, basically. Okay. But, of course, when you're in an international student group, I never felt that. Uh, with with my like uh, for international friends, sure. uh, but it's, that's not to like blame the Dutch people in general or something because I also had nice uh, friendships with Dutch people. Mm -hmm. I even had a girlfriend, uh, a Dutch girlfriend there. Okay. But um, this this was also interesting for me, you know. Like uh, I, um, it was interesting for me to see that. People cannot help uh, that that look on their face uh, when you say you're Turkish, which is, uh, I mean, I don't take it personally because I know the reason behind it, but it was sad to see, you know, for for both for Dutch people and also for Turkish people living there. Okay. <laughs> to, to be honest, that, I don't know if, I, if yeah. this answers. Yeah, of course. If, I don't know if this answers your question, but. I, I thought this was an important point as well to share. Oh, I think it's a very valuable observation for people because it, it also gets into the issue, you know, stereotyping. You know, we hear someone's from a certain place and that exactly. means something. And, and that's obviously um, uh, something that all of us, no matter where we're from, should really struggle yeah. against because um, we're missing a lot of value by not getting to actually know the person and find out really who they are, not just where they're from, what a label means, but really getting a, a little exactly. bit below that. So I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So let me switch uh, topics and I'm going to ask you, can you tell us where you work now and what in what area uh, of law you work in on a daily basis? Uh, I have my own office, uh, my own practice, and um, I mainly um, work in commercial law, consulting uh, companies, uh, and um, preparation, drafting of commercial contracts, uh, commercial litigation, uh, pursuing uh, commercial litigation cases uh, at the courthouse, and uh, also the collection of uh, my clients' bad debts uh, at uh, enforcement offices. Um, and um, I Annually, I have a few uh, criminal law and family law cases, but um, uh, I mean these are really uh, not uh, worth mentioning, like okay. uh, regarding their load in my uh, total workload. Okay. Let's say, okay. yeah, they're not your focus. You, um, Ed, mentioned before we started the interview that you also have a a mediation uh, certification. 
Could you tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about that and, and, and the role it plays until now, at least in your practice? Uh, well, mediation is quite new in Turkey. Uh, it's been only uh, two or three years uh, since the since the legislation passed on the mediation. Uh, we, we always had like mediation in criminal law cases, uh, mediating between um, between the like uh, plaintiff and the defendant. But um, uh, in commercial uh, cases, the mediation is very new, uh, and um, I I have a lot of interest actually in mediation because uh, I I believe it will do good. Uh, to our legal system since the courts, the commercial courts, uh, I mean all courts, let's say, even the Supreme Court has an uh, incredible workload, okay. uh, which uh, unfortunately slows down uh, the, the uh, trials and uh, I mean the simplest case will not be uh, finished, will not have a result before one year, one and a half year, uh, therefore, we really need mediation um, to become like day-to-day -day practice, mm -hmm. uh, so that not everything goes to court. People have uh, the um, opportunity to deal their uh, conflicts, legal conflicts, uh, in a cheaper and faster manner. Uh, and also, I believe, uh, especially. And when you work in a, a continental law country, you know that the judge doesn't have much uh, leeway uh, in deciding he, is, he or she is bound uh, mostly by the law, by the code, sure. uh, and uh, which also unfortunately doesn't leave much uh, manure space to the lawyer. Uh, I mean, you know uh, more or less how a case will end, you know. Yeah. And I, I personally, I'm not happy about it. I, I don't think I can really uh, put my own qualities, uh, personal qualities, in the job when I do it. Uh, I most of the time I don't feel like I have the power to uh, have an effect on the result of a specific case. Okay. Uh, unlike you know, we see in American movies, yeah. <laughs> the lawyer goes goes out there and saves the day, kind of thing. We well, never never have that here, of course. <laughs> uh, but with mediation, uh, I I believe that you know, um, directing parties uh, towards a solution. Uh, I can, I believe that personally I can you know uh, make more use of my personal qualities in that regard, mm. uh, like uh, communication skills and so on. So uh, I'm looking forward to make use of mediation uh, in my in my professional life. But um, right now we are not at that point yet, unfortunately, for many reasons. Uh, first of all. I mean, we culturally uh, have a tendency to uh, trust in a court judgment uh, more than a 
more than a decision that we mutually arrived, you know, okay. like uh, even if even if the parties, uh, uh, even when they're willing to lose the case, they, they know they have a big chance of losing the case, they would still want to go to the court because that's our culture. We even have expressions like, uh, you know, I will uh, mess you up in a courtroom kind of thing, you know, like people <laughs> okay. threaten each other, people uh, threaten each other using that kind of expressions. Uh, so we, mediation has to go quite some time to, to be accepted and to be applied uh, in Turkey, I believe. But um, right now the uh, government is working on a, a draft legislation which uh, is planning to uh, make mediation obligatory uh, in especially uh, labor uh, cases between okay. uh, the workers and the employers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that that's a step. We don't know how that will uh, turn out to be, uh, but that's a step. And um, yeah, as you said uh, before, uh, when we were like chatting before the uh, interview, mm -hmm. uh, mediation is very much connected with the culture, how it's applied. For example, when I was getting my license for mediation the, in the classes, in the courses, uh, the uh, instructors were uh, putting a very big importance on the fact that we as mediators cannot and should not show the parties the solution. We need to make them find the solution themselves. Sure. But this is never going to work in Turkey. Okay. You know, the, people, the parties will come and they will say, okay, Mr. Mediator, that, tell us how we're going to do it. You know, uh, you, when you will tell them, I'm not here to, to show you the solution. I'm here to help you to find the solution. They won't take you seriously. Maybe they will just walk out of the floor, you know. Okay. Uh, they will leave. Oh, that's and, interesting because uh, you mentioned, the yeah, you mentioned that because the courts are held in in high esteem, and that I mean, there's a lot of trust in the judicial process. So they're looking for an authority to come and give the solution, which mediation, of course, doesn't doesn't provide. Okay, so that's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, yeah although although uh, I should add that there is not really much trust in the judicial system right now in Turkey. Right. I mean, you can't find those polls in you know, online. Uh, I don't know, maybe 70%, maybe 60% of Turkish population do, do not trust uh, in the court of law in Turkey right now uh, because of what happened in the, in the, in the past uh, 13 years. Uh, I won't go into detail to not politicize our conversation, but yeah. uh, you, I, I'm sure you uh, have a good idea of uh, yes. what, what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Uh, but still, uh, right now, at the moment, people would go to the court uh, rather than going to the mediator because they don't know what it's about. They don't know what its effects will be on them. Uh, even though the court of law is not that trustworthy, uh, people know it, so they will. They would prefer it still yeah. today. But who knows what will happen in one or two years? Well, that'll be interesting to to, to observe. And I mean, I know in other in other jurisdictions in the world, um, it took time too. And and things like this piece of legislation yeah. where 
courts or are, are requiring mediation as the first step before you can even enter a court um, often yeah. paves the way for that change in society. So that'll be interesting yeah. to observe. Okay, let me ask yeah. you, during your legal career, have you had the opportunity to advise clients from other cultures? Yeah, I, I have. I have. Yeah. yeah, and do you have... I had clients also. I, I even had clients from Germany. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any observations about how you have, may have had to adapt how you advise them and how you communicate with them, uh, the difference between communicating with these foreign clients and your Turkish clients? Did you have to change how you advise them? Well, actually, I like uh, working with uh, foreign clients. Uh, I mean, now that we've mentioned it, let's mm -hmm. talk about the German clients. Okay. Uh, I found it enjoyable, uh, more pleasurable to work with them uh, for two reasons. Um, they don't believe uh, that you as a lawyer are Superman, that you can do uh, basically uh, everything. You can make everything happen. Now they know how things work. Uh, they know what to expect from you. And uh, they they know uh, how to where to put you, you know, in the in the processes okay. uh, of business, uh, which is a great comfort actually because you, as a lawyer, only need to do what you need to do, uh, and um, they don't have unreasonable expectations from you. Okay. Uh, they respect your time and your efforts more than Turkish clients, uh, which definitely uh, comes with the culture. Also, the, what I mentioned in the beginning. Um, and um, they, they have a more like systematic way of doing things uh, in, under a certain discipline. Okay. They, uh, they have a better uh, understanding of like time and uh, deadlines and everything. Okay. Uh, but these are, I mean, very obvious differences between uh, Western and Eastern cultures. So uh, it, it didn't really shock me. It didn't come to me as a surprise. Uh, so I, I mean, it's been it's been a uh, nice experience working with foreign clients, and I'm always looking forward. Uh, to uh, new clients in that regard. Yeah. For another. Let, let me ask you this then: um, wh when you have, I mean, you probably have some had some foreign clients who had already had experience, maybe working in Turkey. But when you have someone coming into Turkey who is is new to doing business there, um, what are some of the things that you need to tell them about how business is done that might be different from what they expect in their own own place? Do you advise them about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an important issue when working with foreign clients for their businesses in Turkey. Um, I mean, my experience is that in abroad, in in West, in Europe, uh, you know, certain things uh, like legal processes, administrative uh, processes. Uh, lead to uh, given points. Let's say there are prescriptions, and when you when you follow those prescriptions, when you follow the guidelines, uh, you know what to expect. Okay. You know uh, what what results to expect. But in Turkey, um, 
human factor uh, plays a very important role uh, in those processes, especially when you work with like government agencies, uh, public bodies. Uh, you, I mean, you even if you abide by the code, regulations, and everything, a hundred percent. There are always surprises, okay. and uh, this is this is very demoralizing uh, when you're a Turkish lawyer uh, serving uh, foreign clients because uh, you, of course, they expect a good result, and you do everything uh, that's necessary to provide that good result. But uh, for some circumstances that are not under your control. Uh, there are disappointments, uh, things don't happen the way they should be, and uh, you first need to show them that it's not your fault, but also uh, show, while showing that it's not your fault, you don't want to you know, put the blame on your country kind of thing. Sure. Uh, it's, 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 it's quite unpleasant, you know, like uh, you, I mean, you have no choice but to say this is how things work in Turkey. So I, I, I apologize for it, but yeah. this is just how it is. Uh, and then basically you put a lot of time and effort even to avoid the circumstances that can not be foreseen uh, in the beginning. Okay. So that's, that's the biggest struggle, I think. That's the biggest struggle. Okay. But okay. if they are, when they are new, uh, they it may come as a shock to them uh, when they're new in Turkey, but after one year, two years, they also understand how things work. So uh, they it's it's not a big problem anymore. Okay, so you you kind of in the beginning you kind of have to prepare them for you know this may not work how you expect it to it, it may not work for exa even exactly how, how I expected to as your advisor exactly <laughs> but exactly. Here, here here's kind of the ground. Uh, information you need to know and and then you know you're going to help them to the best of your ability and your training to negotiate these different challenges um to hopefully get exactly. as good of an outcome as possible very exactly. very interesting um, can you think of a particular incident with with a client without uh, divulging uh, private information but that did not go well due to a cultural problem a specific incident yes uh, for example um we had to uh, move uh, um, the Istanbul branch uh, of a client of mine mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Istanbul to Ankara. And uh, we did, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail, no, but we prepared all the documentation uh, like uh, by the book, let's say. And then um, uh, in Istanbul, the public body uh, told us uh, that uh, we cannot do it that way. Uh, and I said, well, look, you have to do it that way because that's how the legislation uh, says yeah. that we should do it. Uh, and they said, well, we never did it that way in Istanbul, uh, so uh, we need to consult with our legal department. They consulted with their legal department. The legal department said, yes, that's the lawyer is right. Uh, that's how you should do it. So uh, for the first time ever in Istanbul, I did it that way. They accepted. Then I come to Ankara for the second part of the procedure. 
and in Ankara, uh, they told me, uh, ah, also, I missed something. Uh, when Istanbul didn't accept, I consulted with Ankara, and Ankara also said, yes, that's how we should do it. Uh, you're right. So when I came to Ankara, I made the application. Ankara said, no, that you cannot do it that way. I was like, what, what are you talking about? I consulted with Istanbul. They rejected it. So I asked you. You said, yeah, that's how you do it. Uh, you're right. Uh, then they said, well, but how did, how did you get Istanbul to accept it? Well, I told them that Ankara accepts it. That, that's why they accepted it. They were like, but no, we never did it that way. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> all, all, all over again, I I managed to convince uh, Ankara that that's how it should be done. So it was a breakthrough uh, for both Istanbul and Ankara and for me. But the uh, funny thing is that I didn't do anything but what the law said. So um, that how they should have done it. All, all the way, you know, like for all these years, but somehow uh, I was the only one. And uh, apparently nobody stood up to them uh, before me uh, to, to do it the right way. The, basically, everybody just said, okay, you're not right, but we're going to uh, listen to you anyways or something. I don't know. This was really shocking for me, you know. What I find most fascinating about that is, I mean, that was really actually an internal cultural difference within your own country. Yeah. I mean, they had the mm -hmm. way of doing it in Istanbul, the way of doing it in Ankara. I mean, same law, very different approach. And you're kind of in the middle, but probably felt very yeah. good when it when it all worked. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So um, I have my last question for you, actually. Um, if you could, if I'd, I'd like to ask you if you could give our listeners three tips about working with clients or colleagues from Turkey? If I have someone mm -hmm. coming to me from Turkey, or um, um, what, what would you tell me that I need to be, pay attention to? Um, uh, you mean as a client uh, that needs legal assistance in Turkey kind of thing? I would say more if, if, if I'm sitting in Germany, in the US, in Asia, somewhere else, and a Turkish client comes to me, they have certain expectations about how um, they are advised from your side, right? You know how you advise your mm -hmm. own culture. What's something that I, as a non-Turkish person, would need to know about working with either a Turkish client or even another Turkish lawyer that might be different from what I do regularly in my practice about how I advise them? I mean, despite all that I said regarding Turkish uh, culture, probably uh, they would, uh, a Turkish client would uh, expect uh, things to happen uh, despite when they cannot happen, you know, like uh, even when they cannot happen. Because in Turkey, we uh, we are used to going around things, you know, like okay. uh, going around rules and legislations and stuff. Sure. Uh, we have a, a perception that like uh, it doesn't matter what you know, it does. Uh, what matters is who you know kind of thing, you know, like if sure. you know a uh, person that has weight in a certain area, in a certain public body that you uh, can easily, uh, you know, solve your problem sure. kind of thing. Uh, therefore, that may be my first tip, like uh, be prepared for that kind of attitude, that kind of expectation, 
uh, that uh, like you, you would need to convince the Turkish people that uh, it simply doesn't work that way. Sure. Uh, and um, what else? Uh, uh, the second would be Turkish people, again, due to their culture, they would always uh, seek for a rather friendly attitude, like as if uh, you had known them for a long time kind of thing, you know, okay. like uh, a, a close uh, relationship. Uh, and um, uh, what may be the third? Well, we're cheap. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, especially, especially when it comes to uh, legal profession, okay. uh, people always regard uh, the money they pay to lawyers uh, as too much, regardless okay. of how much they're paying. You know? okay. like, uh, and if the lawyer wins the case, the case was already to be won. You know, like uh -huh. the lawyer didn't make any difference. But if the lawyer loses the case, that's the lawyer uh, who lost the case. So it's on all him or her to blame. Uh, that's that's maybe the uh, third, and also uh, probably the Turkish client wouldn't uh, have an understanding of your personal time, the the time uh, you have out of office. Okay. Uh, they would probably uh, expect and think it's normal to call you uh, when you're home with your family to ask you something. Because uh, no matter how much they paid you, they paid you. So they, uh, it's their natural right to expect you to be available at all times, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so you have to be ready yeah, to hear from them uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's so a good that, uh, that would be about it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, I thank you very much. If our listeners would like to contact you, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, uh, they can first uh, contact me by my email uh, okay. and then if necessary, we can also uh, have a conversation on the phone. But I think email is the simplest and most effective way okay. uh, to start. Good. I'll put the email address uh, in, in, in the notes to the show. I want to thank you so okay. much for your time and for sharing um, some really interesting things about Turkey with all of our listeners. And I wish you a great day. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. I, I thank you for your time and for your interest. Uh, it was a pleasurable conversation. I had a nice time. Uh, I'm uh, pleased to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Interculturally of Council podcast. If you wish for more information about it, you can contact me via my website at www.culturalxing.com. If you have enjoyed the content, please take a moment to give the podcast a rating on the iTunes store or wherever you have found the podcast in order to make it visible to other potential listeners. Also, please feel free to share it with other legal professionals who might find the subject matter of this podcast interesting. Special thanks go to Lucien Stanislas for the original theme music and to Sandra Cuevas who designed the logo.